Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, commenting, donating, and praying for us. And for going to BrotherLance.com to get the free PDF of this teaching. Right? You're doing good. So true repentance is responding to the affectionate love of God. Right? So when we repent, we're responding. He, you know, if you want to think of it in a relationship kind of mentality, it's God courting us. It's Him putting on His best clothes, putting on sweet-smelling aroma, and presenting Himself to us in our lives, going, hey, I am your maker, I'm your creator, I'm your Abba Father. I love you, I want you to be with me. So one of the key ingredients to repentance is to understand the goodness of God. To understand His love for you, to understand the sacrifice, to understand what He's done for you. We're supposed to go, okay, well, what has happened? This is the fall of man. Okay, what what do I need to do? Stop doing what Adam and Eve started. Start doing what Jesus started. Mm-hmm. Obedience. Jesus started obedience again. To be like his father. We need to do that. And he's like, okay, if you do this, I'm going to give you more Holy Spirit. I'm going to answer your prayers. I'm going to be in your life. I'm going to set a path for you. I'll have your back. I will take care of you. And I'm going to give you eternity and wash away every wrong you've ever done. Win. That's a win. That's right. That's a huge win. Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. So as Christians, what should we declare to the people? Repentance. Right? So John did it. Jesus did it. The disciples did it. God's doing it. Jesus is still doing it. What's our call? You guys need to stop it. You need to repent. Stop sinning. Come back. You know? Brotherlands.com Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his counts upon you and give you shalom. Amen. Receive. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you. We thank you for everything. Thank you for being with us, keeping us, loving us, giving us hope in this life, getting us through this week, giving us strength and energy, supernatural power to endure and survive, Father. And our our bodies aren't always in perfect working orders or conditions, but you give us the power of the Holy Spirit and the inner person to keep moving forward and get things accomplished for your kingdom. So we praise you and we thank you for that. Bless us with your Holy Spirit. Guide us in all your truth. Help us understand what repentance is, what it means, how it applies, and what benefits we get from it. So we praise you, we thank you, and we love you very much. Bless everybody who's not able to be here with us today and provide for them in every area of their need also, as you do with us, and call them in here next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. All right. Repent or die. At the top of page one, it says, Repentance. What is it and how do we apply it to our lives? Plus, what benefits do we receive from repentance? We'll talk about all these questions and more. Now, let's unlock the power of God when we repent. We have only two options, repent or die. Now, last week we talked about 
the 12 blessings, vital blessings you can unlock. And we talked about how that's obedience to God, right? And that's not sinning. And so these two kind of go together because this is repentance. So now that we know we need to obey God, we're going to talk about what it means to repent from not obeying God, okay? So this first page, as long as people don't fall asleep, we're going to look at some definitions. Probably the, not the most exciting thing, but it'll be important. It says, let's start with some definitions. Thayer's definition, repentance. Uh, I could try to that. Metonia? I don't know. I don't speak. Number one, a change of mind as it appears to one who re repents of a purpose he has formed or something is done. And so repent means to change one's mind, i.e. repent. Number two, to change one's mind for the better, heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. I like that. So the next one is Strong's Concordance, and you can find that in G3340, Repentance, it says. Uh, compunction for guilt, including reformation by implication, reversal of one another's decisions, and repentance. And then repent is from G3326. To think differently afterwards, that is, reconsider. Morally to feel compunction, to repent, right? So I put my definition. Here's Lance's definition. Brother Lance's definition. To do a 180 away from sin. Not only turning from sin, but more importantly, turning to God. Deciding to stop doing what killed Jesus on the cross. Right? Because sin, which we're about to talk about, is a problem. And that God came to fix that problem. So let's talk. Top of page two. It says the unbroken cry of God to his people. So what we're going to do here at top of page two is we're going to see that the call to repentance has not ended. Okay, we're going to use from John onward. Okay, because there's a lot of people out there with a lot of funny ideas about Christianity that nobody has to repent. Jesus saved everybody. All flesh will be saved. You know, and that everybody will, you know, receive salvation. And they don't have to do anything just because Jesus died. Right. Well, this is not true. And we're going to kind of cover how the call to repentance has been an ongoing thing. And it even is today. So John came saying, Matthew 3, 1 through 2. In those days, John the baptizer came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. So repent. Turn from your sins. Rethink your thoughts and ideas. Stop doing what we were doing. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, there's something coming that you're not going to get make it if you don't repent, right? And so Jesus also says, Jesus came saying, Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, so they're saying the same thing. John started it. Jesus kept saying it. And so let's move on. The disciples were sent saying, Mark 6, 7 plus 12. He called to himself the 12 and began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent. Right? So they're saying the same thing. Jesus said, this is the message. John said it. I'm saying it. You're saying it. Okay? Acts 3, 19 through 21. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, so that there may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Christ Jesus, who was ordained for you before, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things, which God spoke long ago by the mouth of his holy prophets. Right? So he's like, listen, repent. Okay, and so here we go again. God is declaring to this day, Acts 17, 29 through 31. Being then the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone engraved by art and designed by men. The times of ignorance, therefore God overlooked, but now he has commanded that all people everywhere should repent. Right, this is after Jesus. He's still saying repent. Jesus said it, he's saying it like repent, okay? 
because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. So that's like, behold, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now this is repent because I'm going to judge you. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Like we're going to set things right. Okay. So he says the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. That's Jesus of which he has given assurance to all men and that he has raised him from the dead. So God is saying, repent, right? We're all supposed to repent. Amen. So Jesus is still declaring repentance. Revelation 3, 19 through 22. As many as I love, I reprove and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, he's talking to Christians. Okay? These are to the churches. He's telling the Christians, listen, you guys are jacked up. You need to repent. Right? And says, I'm chastising you because I love you. Now stop doing what you're doing and turn from your sin. Let that sink in. Because if once you're a Christian, you can never sin again and there's never a sin and there's never an offense. Why is Jesus wasting his time telling Christians to repent? Because there's still sin. And we're going to talk about that. Right? And so Christians still can sin. And they still have to repent of that sin. That's why Jesus says, be, there, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I'll come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I'll give to him to sit down with me on my throne as I overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. So as Christians, what should we declare to the people? Repentance, right? So John did it. Jesus did it. The disciples did it. God's doing it. Jesus is still doing it. What's our call? Repent. You guys need to stop it. You need to repent. Stop sinning. Come back. You know? Right. There's tons of repents. Top of page three, okay? Yeah, so you're, she's counting one, two, three, four, five sections on repents. Now we validated repentance, okay? We know it's to turn from your sin, to rethink your proposition, what you're doing, to turn away from what uh, is holding you back from God, right? We have God and Jesus, the disciples, John, everybody's saying it. We're, we're, we are called to tell everybody to repent. That's the call, okay? So what is that? What does that mean? How, how do we know what we're to repent of, right? Great question, right? Top of page three, repentance. And the forgiveness of sin. Acts 5.31. God exalted him, Jesus, with his right hand to be a prince and savior to give repentance to Israel and the remissions of sins. Right? So repentance is intimately equated to sin. Right? So you have to repent to get the remissions of sin. You have to go, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. We talked about that last week. Obeying God. Right? So we're not we're not giving in to breaking the law of God, which we're about to talk about. Right? So repentance and the remission of sin they're best friends mm -hmm. you don't get the remissions of sin without repentance right. okay step one repentance acts 238 peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of sins mm -hmm. so we got repent baptism forgiveness mm -hmm. right there's a step this is a process so you, nobody could ever tell you that you don't need to repent, that Jesus just did everything and you have nothing left to do. No, that's not what the Bible says. They're lying. So what is sin? Right. So if we're supposed to repent of this thing called sin, what is that? OK, that's a great question. Right. First John three, four through six said everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness for sin is lawlessness and you know that when he was revealed that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin 
Everyone who abides in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him nor known him, right? So sin is breaking of the law, lawlessness, right? Okay, so the next question, what law is that exactly? So if we know that sin is breaking the law, we now need to identify the law, right? So Romans 7, 7 through 13. What shall we say then? Is this, is the law sin? Let it not be said. But I do not know sin except through the law. For also I did not know lust except the law said, you shall not lust. But sin taking occasion by the commandment, keyword, by the commandment, right? Worked in me all kinds of lust. For apart from the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment again, which was to life, was found to me to be death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it killed me. So indeed the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, just and good. Then has what which is good become death to me? Let it not be. But sin, that it might appear to be sin, working death in me by that which is good, in order that sin might become exceedingly sinful by the commandment. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're looking at commandments. Right. So we know sin is the transgression of the law. We know the law is wrapped up in the commandments. Paul made that painfully clear saying commandment a hundred million times, <laughs> you know. And so what commandment is Paul referring to? Well, let's look at Paul's own writing. So there's no discussion on it. Here it goes. What commandment is he referring to? Romans 3, 13, 19. For do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear falsehood, do not lust. And if there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he is referencing the Ten Commandments, right? So when he says commandments, he's referencing the Ten Commandments. He talks about it in, in length, right? And so let's read the next part. Does this mean all of the commandments? Because the people are like, well, he only listed like the last six lands. I mean, the first four don't, yeah. you know, when it comes to God, you can do whatever you want, you know, but your fellow man, you got to be better than them. No. So a lot of people say that. So let's see what it says. Does this mean all of the commandments? James 2, 10 through 11. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery. That's a commandment. Also said, do not murder commandment if you do not commit adultery yet if you murder you be kind of a transgression of the law so there we go we have him showing us right that hey this is you break one you break them all that's including the first four have no other god for me don't make a graven image don't use the lord's name in vain remember sabbath day to keep it holy you don't get to go i don't like the fourth or i don't like the second right you don't get to do that you break one you break them all okay so top of page four Let's look at top of page four. So what are the commandments? Well, this this is a very important thing because if sin is the transgression of the law, the law is the commandments, the commandments are what? Right? So if we're repenting of breaking the law, we have to know what it is. So here we are. Number one, you shall have no other, God, no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make to yourself any graven image. Number three, you shall not take the name of Yahweh your God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and mother. Number six, you shall not kill. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Number 10, you shall not covet. Now, these are from Exodus chapter 20. This is my short review. I chopped it up to make it easy. Mm -hmm. But there's, an, there's another one. Jesus gave us another one, right? John 13, 34 through 35. He says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, all shall know that you are my disciples if you have love towards one another. Mm. Right? And that goes really well with commandments 
5 through 10. Because all those tell you how to love people. Don't kill them. Don't steal their stuff. Don't take away their wives and, you know, covet their goods. Right? And so he's like, listen, guys, so we got 10. Well, we got 11 now because Jesus gave us another one. Mm -hmm. You know? Pull down that stone and etch number 11 because Jesus gave it to us. Okay? And so... Here it says, so repentance is to turn away from the breaking of the law of God, right? We've just proven that very systematically. What is the law? What is the commandments? What commandments are they talking about? What are they? Here they are. Okay? Easy enough. So we're supposed to repent for failing to keep that. Okay? So we have to go, oh, God doesn't want me doing X, Y, Z. I need to stop doing X, Y, Z. I repent. I have repented. Right? Easy enough. Now, if you want to be say you're a Christian, you go, ah, we don't have to follow those, or I don't like number eight because I like stealing, or number four because I like my weekends. Mm-hmm. Well, you break them, break one, you break them all, then you're guilty of them all. That's what James said. You don't get to nitpick and pull one out and slide it around, cut it in half like the Catholic Church, and <laughs> you know, get rid of the idle one, split up the coveted one, move number, you know, the fourth commandment to I think three or whatever. You know, you don't get to do that. That's sin. Okay. So, how repentance works and what it looks like, okay? It's God's affection that brings about repentance. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the richness of his goodness, forbearance, and patience, not knowing that this goodness of God that leads you to repentance? So, one of the key ingredients to repentance is to understand the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. To understand his love for you, to understand the sacrifice, to understand what he's done for you. I have used this many times to remain in repentance of my sin, to keep me from sinning because I sit there and I contemplate the goodness of God, the things he has provided, the things he has done, the way he's blessed me and saved me and helped me. And then I, in my mind, I reason within myself, do I want to go against that to get my sin that I know once I'm done sinning, I'll hate it. And I'll be upset with myself. That's right. Right? You know? And so, no, I go, no. It's your goodness that brings you repentance. And I will add, it's his goodness that keeps me in repentance. Amen. You know? And so, John 6, No man come to me except the Father who has sent me draws him. And I will raise him up the last day. So it is God who draws people into repentance, to come to Jesus, to repent of their sins. And to an expression of his goodness and love, it takes God to go, hey, you I want you. Come be a part of my, of this. Be with me. Right? And so we all have to be called by God through the power of the Holy Spirit that puts a little inkling in us saying, hey, this something's right here. I like what I'm hearing. This makes sense to me. I need to understand more. Okay? Number next one, six, uh, John 6, 65. No man can come to me except it were given to him by the Father. Right? So it's God's goodness. You have to be called and it has to be given. Okay, there you go. So if you're wondering why people are caught up in their sin and they're failing to repent and they don't see it, either they have not understood God's goodness, they haven't been called, right? Or hasn't been given. And they're there in the rebellion, right? And that all that has happened and they still spit in God's face. But it's not a mystery. There's only so many options here. There's not like this huge book where we get like pick subsection B, paragraph C, you know, Whatever. No, there's. it's God's goodness. You have to be chosen. You have, it's, you have to be called and given to you by God. Right? And if you respond, 
right? You're doing good. So true repentance is responding to the affectionate love of God, right? So when we repent, we're responding. He, you know, if you want to think of it in a relationship kind of mentality, it's God courting us. It's him putting on his best clothes, putting on sweet smelling aroma and presenting himself to us in our lives going, Hey, I am your maker. I'm your creator. I'm your Abba father. I love you. I want you to be with me. And we all have to make a choice. But how many Christians go, I like all your offering, but I don't want to give up anything in this advancement, mm-hmm. right? Have you ever tried to go on a date with somebody who would not go with you? You know, <laughs> it's impossible, right? So if like God is wooing us like a courtship, right? And we go, yeah, that's nice. You can send me flowers. You can pay for my meal. Mm-hmm. You can send me love notes, but I ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting right here. You come to me, mm-hmm. right? That's rebellion. We don't want that. We talked about that last week, mm-hmm. that we can't be in rebellion. We have to obey God. And this is why. So in any relationship, as we all been in some friendship or uh, you know, m- uh, romantic, that we know that when we make an advance of love towards somebody or interest, how they respond has everything to do with how we move forward. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so how we respond to God's advancement of care and love and affection will determine the outcome of your guys' relationship. So what this means is you have responsibility in this. Everyone has responsibility. We can't just go, God's got it. Faith, grace, whatever, <laughs> you know, it, it takes, yeah, it takes two, it's a two-way relationship. God goes, hey, I love you. And you go, that's nice. <laughs> Good for me. Why don't you do something for me? Cosmic Candyman slot machine, you know, big genius guy, let me write my Bible and get wishes. You know, no. We're supposed to go, okay, well, what has happened? This is the fall of man. Okay, what, what do I need to do? Stop doing what Adam and Eve started. Start doing what Jesus started. Mm-hmm. obedience Jesus started obedience again to be like his father we need to do that and he's like okay if you do this I'm going to give you more Holy Spirit I'm going to answer your prayers I'm going to be in your life I'm going to set a path for you I'll have your back I will take care of you mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you eternity and wash away every wrong you've ever done win that's a win that's right that's a huge win you're right but people don't want to give up their sin so Let's look at the next part. Real repentance produces godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 11. For though I made you sorry with my letter, I did not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that my letter made you sorry, though just for a while. I now rejoice now that you were made sorry, but that you were made sorry to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly way, that you might suffer loss by us. Uh, in nothing for godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation. I'm going to read that again for godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation, which brings no regret, but the sorrow of the world produces death for behold, this same thing that you were made sorry in a godly way. What earnest care it worked in you. Yes. What defense, indignation, fear, longing, zeal, and vengeance and everything you discern demonstrated yourself to be pure in the matter. And so what, what is he saying there? That it's godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation. In other words, once you realize what you've done to a God that has loved you so much, that allows you to breathe, that gave you life, that gave you meaning and purpose, then that creates something in you like, man, I regret that I have done that. 
And every time you sin from that point forward, you go, I am so sorry that I have had allowed this to happen in my life. And I gave back into my sin. I've been through that cycle a million times, <laughs> you know? And so what we have to understand that true godly repentance has sorrow in it mm-hmm. because you realize you're hurting God. You're hurting Jesus. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to keep giving that pain, right? Just like in any friendship, any relationship, you don't want to hurt the person you're trying to be friends with. Be a friend of God. Stop hurting him. Mm -hmm. Stop doing what killed Jesus. Get get it right. Just put an end to it. But the devil wants you to keep in it because he knows it robs you of having confidence. It robs you of your power. It robs you of your standing. It puts a big barrier between God answering all your prayers and doing all the works he wants to do in your life. Right. And all he has to do is put a little flashy thing in your life and you're like, Ooh, I want that. You know, I've been through that. Every, all of us have been through that, you know, and we think because we think that brings us happiness because we're self-indulged and selfish and we just want what we want. Right. And of course we've all been through it. That's why sin's so popular. You know, it's like on a popularity scale, sin's right up there, you know, because it's fun for a while. It is fun for a while. If it wasn't fun for a while, no, would do it. If it's the first time you sin, you got your hand cut off. That'd be the last time you sin, you know, because you're like, well, I got one left, you know, I'm done with that, you know, but no, the devil knows how to make it fun and exciting and demonically oppress you in it to think you need it more than you need God, but it's not true. So top of page five. There we are. Top of page five, it says, there is no true belief without repentance. So these people say, I believe in Jesus. Have you repented? No, I don't have nothing to repent of. That's what Donald Trump said. (laughs) <laughs> when asked if he's ever repented, well, I haven't done anything to repent of. Oh my goodness. Then you don't believe because the Bible clearly says that they go hand in hand. So let's read Matthew 21, 32. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. When you saw it, you did not even repent afterwards that you might believe him. So what did you do there? Listen, repentance and belief are this. They're, they're the same. If you really believe that Jesus came to save you from your sin, that you're going to die for your sin, why do you want to keep doing it? It makes no sense. That's it. I mean, just think about it. Well, this is what killed Jesus. This is what's going to kill me, but I don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to stop or God doesn't care. I, grace and faith. I'm like, that's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Come on, stop doing it. Apparently, it's a bad thing. Can we all agree that sin's a bad thing? Well, yeah. So why do you want to keep doing bad things? It, I mean, there's, like, there's a disconnect in people's brains. John 20, uh, John 20, verse 31. But these are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Right? So belief, belief, right? So believing in Jesus Christ requires repentance, right? Belief. And so here we have this concept that if we hear a message and we believe it to be true, it produces a change. It produces a reaction. It produces a function in our lives, right? And so our message is is this. You have been sold to sin because of Adam and Eve. You weren't there. You didn't do anything to cause that. But now you're sold under it. Jesus came and died on the cross, so you don't have to die on a cross, right? Or die at all for your sins. You weren't weren't there, and you had nothing to do with it. So you weren't there with Adam and Eve. You weren't there with Jesus. You had nothing to do with either. You're affected by both. You have to choose. Do I want to remain with Adam 
in his sin or do I want to remain with Jesus in his obedience? That's what it means to accept Jesus, that you're removing yourself from the line of Adam and you're being grafted into Jesus Christ and to his righteousness. Right. And so we have to understand that when we accept Jesus, we remove ourselves from Adam's rebellion and Eve's rebellion. And we're going under a new paradigm shift here. Belief in Jesus Christ and what he's doing and letting it affect us into repentance to be like him and not be like Adam. Right. OK. So next one. It says. Repentance requires a new type of works. So there's good works. OK. So everybody's like, oh, works. Ugh. Works are bad. We talked about this last week. It takes works. Okay. And so now we're going to find out the different types of works. Okay. Acts 26, 20. But, but declared first to them of Damascus at Jerusalem and throughout the country of Judea, Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God doing work, works worthy of repentance. <laughs> works worthy of repentance. So these are the good works. So does the work stop once you accept Jesus? No. Now you produce works worthy of repentance. Right? The works don't end. Jesus had stuff to do on earth. Adam had things to do in the garden and he failed miserably. Right? So we still have stuff to do. We still have a calling. We have a purpose. We have a guideline. There's a law. Right? Is that why he, Jesus says keep working until I come? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Do my works. And look in Revelation repeatedly. I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. Hmm. Well, Jesus apparently is paying attention to our works and what we're doing with our time. Right? In our life. So, anyways. Matthew 3, 7 through 11. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You offspring of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath that come. Number eight. Therefore, produce fruit worthy of repentance. Right? Fruits, works. These are the good stuff. This is the change, the actions, the giving up of sin, the doing it God's ways. So there still works, right? It says, don't think to yourself, we have Abraham for our father, for I tell you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you in water uh, for repentance, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Yeah. We're on bad work. All right. So. These are the bad works. So now we have proven there's good works. Mm -hmm. Obviously, works worthy of repentance. Works that bear fruit of repentance. Right? So there's things we got to do. We're not off the hook. Right? All right. Revelation 9, 20-21. The rest of mankind who are not killed with these plagues didn't repent of the works of their hands. Those are the bad works. Mm -hmm. Right? They refused to repent of their sin, the works of their hand. That they wouldn't worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and stone of which which can't see, hear, or walk. They didn't repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immoralities, or their thefts. Okay, I wrote, if we do not switch our labor of rebellion to works of obedience, we will fail to produce fruit worthy of repentance. Then we will receive a terrible wage of pay for our efforts. So that's what, let's read what that is. Romans 6.23. For the payoff of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you have the bad works, which is death. That, that The wages of sin is death. You're going to keep at that job. You're going to die. You're going to do works worthy of repentance. You get eternal life through Jesus Christ. You get Adam, death. Jesus, life. 
right? Pick a side. You know, it's like you're in a labor union or something, you know, it's like local 185. You have to man up and pick a side, you know, you have to be labor union Jesus or labor union Adam and die with Adam. If you know, in his sin, I believe Adam will be safe. But uh, the point is, is that his sin brings death. Jesus's obedience brings life. Right. And that's why the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. Amen. Right. Okay. So. That's right. Next one. Revelation 2, 21 through 23. I have gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I throw her into a bed and those who commit adultery with her into great oppression unless they work, uh, uh, they repent of their works, right? The bad works. I will kill her children with death and all the assemblies will know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. Ooh, burn. Jesus is saying, listen, guys, I'm giving you time. And we're going to talk about this here in a minute because there's no mincing words. He's like, you repent of this or I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Who is throwing you into the lake of fire? It's God and his angels. That's right. Okay, don't, don't go sleeping on God. Mm -hmm. Don't think he's a teddy bear that's not going to come and bring judgment. He's going to bring judgment. He's giving you the opportunity to turn away from the judgment, to get life. You mess around, you want to play games with God, you're going to burn like a hot dog. I mean, you're going down. It's not going to be pretty, right? And so give it up now. Okay, so we don't want to sleep on God. We don't want to play games. Okay, top of page six. First John 3, 7 through 10. Little children, let no one lead you astray. This is so important. He who does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. God, Jesus. He who sinned is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. To this end, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The bad works. The works we just talked about. Right? Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, because his seed remains in him, and he can't sin because he is born of God. And in this, the children of God are revealed, and the children of the devil. Whoever doesn't do righteousness is not of God. Neither is he who doesn't love his brother. Right? So here's the thing. Will you fail? Yes, we're sin abound, grace more abounds. Will you make a mistake? Most likely we all do. But what he's saying is that you are not practicing is not your work. You do an error. You do an ignorance. You do it on, and as an accident. You you fail. It, okay, God's got grace to that. But what he's saying is like, those you practice the sin of the works of sin or the works of righteousness. Okay? And so what we have to do is pick one. This is what we're talking about. This is repentance. Which one are we picking? We repent of the works of the devil and the works of Adam and the sins of Adam. And we're going to go towards Jesus and Christ and God and, and their, his obedience and doing it God's way. Right? So quick question. Why would God want to let you into his heaven if you're still rebelling against it? Why? There's no, yeah, you can still come. Yeah. Rebellion brought it all down the first time, but yeah, go right ahead. No, it's not dumb. You know, it's not going to be that way. He's like, listen, you got one option. Be like me, be like Jesus. Or you're not coming in because nothing, as we read last week, will come in that offends. That's right. Nothing that offends. And if you're found offensive, you're going to hell. It's like, oh, we're getting rid of that problem. So you have an opportunity now to obey, to repent of your sin, to get right with God and Jesus, to say, I'm sorry. Give me the Holy Spirit. Help me to do better. Guide me on the path. I'm yours. I give up my will. I want your will. Boom. Repentance. That's it. And then you walk the path and you just keep making the decision to follow Jesus and do it his way. 
Now you might have some bumps and bruises and some scrapes along the way. Don't give up. Just keep walking. God will get you there. It's not hard. Okay. Benefits of repentance. Okay. So those who fail re in repentance don't get these benefits. Acts 2, 37-38. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. Benefit. That's a benefit. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what do you have? You have forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Without repentance, no forgiveness of sins, no gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we talked about it before. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the call, but you have to respond and then you get more. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey. Acts 5.32. We are his witness of these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So who gets the Holy Spirit? We just read in the top verse and this verse. Those who repent of their sins and obey God. Right? Boom. Easy enough. So I put Repentance, uh, uh, repentance, obedience, and the Holy Spirit is a three-legged stool. You know what I'm talking about? So a three-legged stool without all three legs can't stand. Right? You need them all. You need repentance. You need obedience. And you need the Holy Spirit to be in right standing with God. Okay? You have to be repentant, obedient, and the Holy Spirit. You don't have one of them, you're falling over. It's not working. Right? There are a lot of people out there without obedience thinking they're repentant. And filled with the Holy Spirit, it ain't true. Or God's gracing them out to give them time to get it right, which is fine. He does that. Right. And so, but eventually, okay, we only got three legs here. You don't want to do that number. Okay. So, repentance leads to knowing the truth of God. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. If you want to know God more, if you want to know the scriptures better, if you want to know the hidden secrets of God, he's not going to give to somebody who's in rebellion against him. That makes no sense. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. This says, The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but be gentle towards all, able to teach patient and gentleness, correcting those who oppose him. Perhaps God may give them repentance, leading to a full knowledge of the truth. So repentance leads to a full knowledge of the truth. Right? If you, if you have a friend and you know something and you're trying to, Tell them, and they want to argue the whole time that you're wrong. Are you going to keep telling them the secret? Letting them in on the great, like, hey, here's a treasure map. No such thing as a treasure map. No, I got it right here. No such thing as a treasure. No, it's right here. No, 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 no. Well, fine. I'm not going to waste my time telling you that, right? God's no different. If you don't want to listen to the call to repentance, he's not going to keep telling you the good stuff, right? So he's not going to keep throwing the, the scraps to the, or as Jesus said, pearls to the swine, scraps to the dogs. And they may recover themselves out of the devil's snare, having been taken captain by him at his will. All right? So there's people out there who say they believe in Jesus. They say they're Christians. They're being taken captive by the devil. They don't have a full knowledge of the truth. And they're not living in full repentance. Mm -hmm. That's truth. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who sincerely think they're Christians that are going to hell. Because one, they've been lied to at churches. Two, they've never invested their own time with God in Scripture. They've just taken the word of the pastor that's led them astray. Faith, grace, you're good. Don't worry about it. Relax. No. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Right? Mm -hmm. Wide is the path, this direction. Narrow is the path to eternal life. Salvation. <laughs> salvation, right? Eternal life and very few who find it. Right? And so we have to take it deadly seriously. Right? Okay. 
So here's the next one. Repentance can lead to physical healing. Hebrews 12, 12 through 17. Therefore, lift up your hands that hang down on the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. So what is lame may be uh, not dislocated, but rather be healed. Follow after peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man can see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest there be any man who falls short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness spring up troubles you and may be defiled. Lest there be any sexually immoral person or profane person like Esau, who sold his birthright for one meal. For you know that even when he afterward desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for a change of mind, though he sought it diligently with uh, with tears or with repentance depending on the version that you read right and so here we have god saying listen you need to get it right so we have a physical and a spiritual healing physically the the physical body and then we have the spiritual body and then we have the the body of christ all these things can be healed through repentance right if you're giving in to drug use and you don't want to give up your drug use don't sit there and ask god to heal your broken heart that's you know overloaded from years of drug use you have to put down the needle put down the crack put down the cocaine and then get right with god and then ask him because he's not going to just sit there and prosper you in your rebellion mm -hmm. right it's just like alcoholism or anything else people with food addictions buying stuff we have to set these things down right and then that healing can come don't play games with God that somehow you're going to be in rebellion. You're still asking for God's best. It doesn't work that way, right? You want the truth. You want healing. You want restoration. It starts in repentance, and then you open the door. Okay, top of page seven. When people do not repent, they are stealing away God's glory. Yet the implication is that when you do repent, you do give him glory. Revelation 16, 9 through 11. Are people who were scorched with great heat, and blaspheme the name of God who has the power over these plagues. They didn't repent and give him glory. The fifth poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was dark, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. They didn't repent of their works. Right? So what are we saying here? That if a person does not repent of their sins, they are robbing God of his glory. They're stealing it from him. Because he has made a path to salvation. He brutalized his own son. All to bring glory to his righteous and holy name forever. That listen, that sin came in. He found a way out. He paid the price. Give him his respect. If you fail to repent, you are denying God's glory. Period. There's no way around it. And they will pay for it. Right? And so, again, we have repents linked to works. They didn't repent of the works. The works of their hands. Right? We talked earlier about the, the uh, works of repentance, the fruits of repentance. Right? So, if we are in rebellion against God and we are not giving him our whole heart, we are destroying his, uh, giving that glory to him. Right? We're putting up a barrier. So, what does that say about people's praise and worship with unrepentant hearts? It's blasphemous. Yes. It's evil. It's disgusting to him. Blech. Throw up. It's gross. I don't think he can even hear it. No. It's, oh, <laughs> whatever. You know? And so we have to have repentance. So before, this, you know, it's like what Jesus said. You know, if you have ought against your brother before you come before the throne of God, set down your gift. Go get right with your brother. Then come back. What is that? It's repentance. He's getting things right. It's restoring relationships, right? And so that's what he's saying. Like if you got this issue going on and it's on you to fix it, then fix it. Some things aren't on us. We can't fix it, you know, but our heart can be right in it. So, all right. Doesn't he say, too, that if you don't forgive? 
You won't be forgiven. You won't be forgiven. Right. That's pretty much cut and dry. You're right, right. So if we don't have forgiveness, we're toast. Anakin. All right. So the terrible day of judgment is coming. We talked about this earlier. For those who do not want to repent, they're going to pay a price. They're going to get everything God took out on his son. Right? But now they'll have no barrier between that judgment. God is still ready for judgment. He's not up there crying and weeping. Okay? Now, in the book of Psalms, people that's going to throw a ranch. And one of my Bible studies I'm making, you know, called Sugar Daddy God. To just destroy people's concept that, you know, that God is up there and he's crying and, you know, begging, you know, and stuff. No. In the book of Psalms, I believe it says, it says he's angry at sin and sinners every single day. So right now, God is angry about sin. Just because Jesus died for us, we have that barrier that when that judgment comes out, we're being shielded by the blood and righteousness of Jesus. And that's why we get to go to heaven, because we have the barrier, the protective coating, the firewall, if you will. Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> my daughter, when she was younger, she goes, oh, I understand, Dad. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, hell. She's like, it's hot in hell. And he's like, yeah, it's fire. And he's like, yeah. And she said something to the effect well, it's the blood of Jesus Christ and the water that comes from the throne that will put the fire out. Oh, my goodness. And there's a little girl. I was like, exactly, honey, in her own little heart, in her own little mind. She grasped the concept that, listen, God wants to put the fire out, but his righteousness demands judgment. He made a way to put a fire out for you, not for everyone. This world's going to burn. People are going to burn in hell. Don't play games with God's offering of forgiveness. He wants to put the fire out. He's doing it through the blood of Jesus Christ, the water of life coming down out of heaven from the throne of God mentioned in the book of Revelation. So what do we have to do? We have to respond. Works of repentance, fruit of repentance, change our concept, our minds, our hearts, obey. Right? All right. Romans 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, you are without excuse, O man, Whoever you are, uh, whoever you are who judge, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. We know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. Do you think this, O oh man, who judge those who practice such things and do the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? But according to your hardness and unrepentant heart, you're treasuring up for yourself wrath and the day of wrath, revelation and the righteous judgment of God. Pause. You can have works of righteousness that produce fruit and return in heaven, gifts from God. Or, as we just learned, your unrepentance is storing up for you for wrath. So imagine, let me show you this bottle, right? This is yours, right? In heaven. And right now, every time these people are sinning he's filling it up storing it in a container the wrath that that person will receive oh my goodness and all he wants to do is crush it and throw it away and all it takes is for you to repent of your sins and go god i'm sorry i, I, I stop I, forgive me mm -hmm. and that's all it takes is just going i'm sorry and poof, gone all right and he goes blood of jesus christ righteousness of christ is gone i don't see it anymore i see jesus 
you're good. And then Jesus says, I will confess you before my father. And you go, hey, this guy Lance, I know him. He knows me. Praise God. Praise God. I pray everybody can say that. I know I know Jesus. I know he knows me. I have ensured that because I have committed my life to him through repentance. Everything in this ministry is about obeying God. Go back and look at all of it. It has one common theme through the whole thing. Obey him. Stop playing games. Okay? Next part. Uh, uh, number six. Verse six says, who will pay back to everyone according to their works? What bucket you put in your works in? The righteousness bucket, the repentance bucket, or the death and destruction bucket? Verse 7. To those who by perseverance and well-doing seek for glory, honor, and incorruptibility and eternal life. Right? That's the repentance, folks. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, will be wrath and indignation, oppression and anguish on every soul of man who does evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to go to every man who does good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there's no partiality with God. So listen, guys, it don't care how high fluent you are. It doesn't care who you know. It doesn't care if you're a Jew or not a Jew. It doesn't care who your parents were. It doesn't care what you used to do for him. All that matters is where are you at in your walk with God now? Either you're filling up righteous indignation and judgment and punishment. Or God's getting to throw that away because you've given up your selfishness and your sin. And he sees Jesus and you're good. You're going to go. You're fine. You have nothing to worry about. Right? You fail. You, you skin your knee spiritually. God will forgive you. Right? But it's that rebellion that has to be crushed in your heart. Right? Next one. Psalm 7, 8 through 13. For the Lord will judge the people. Judge me according to my righteousness, O Lord, and according to my integrity, exalted one. Let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. For you are the righteous God who discerns the inner thoughts. God is my shield, the one who delivers the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge. A God, oh, here we go. A God who is angry with sinners every single day. Psalm 7, mentioned it earlier. If the ungodly who doesn't repent... God will sharpen his sword, and he will string his bow and prepare it. He prepares weapons of death for himself. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Can you imagine in your mind God sitting on a throne, sharpening a sword to cut people in two? That's the word picture. Man. Talks about in the book of Revelation, Jesus coming with the sword of his mouth. And the brightness of his coming. That's the righteousness of God, his righteousness. And what's happening is it consumes sin. God's righteousness cannot stand in sin. It will consume it. Sin cannot stand. It will be done away with. That's what happens because it's opposite of God. Just like dark and light are opposite. The light consumes the dark. Right? And so that's God. Every day. He's like, listen, guys, time's coming. You need to get this right because you're about to get it. I don't want to have to do this, but it has to be done. I even sacrificed my own son. What more do you want? That's right. That's right. Come on. If that wasn't good enough for you, you're done for. Jesus, Jesus. Right? All right. 
Revelation 2.16. Repent, therefore, or else I, Jesus, am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Power of the tongue, huh? Right, and so here's the thing. Don't think, you know, Jesus came as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. He came as a humble servant. He's coming back as a conquering king, right? So, woe unto you who don't want to repent of your sins. Woe unto you who want to sleep on God and act like you can do whatever you want. No, you're going to die. You're going to die a horrible death in hell. There you go. That's it. You don't have to. I don't want you to. Repent. I mean, it's not hard. All right. Revelation 19, 15 plus 21. Out of his, Jesus' mouth, proceeded a sharp, a sharp double-edged sword, that with it he should strike the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the, wine press of the fierceness of the wrath of God, the Almighty. The rest were killed with the sword of him who sat on the horse, the sword which came out of his mouth. All the birds were filled with their flesh. So, guys, is that like sweet baby Jesus sitting under a Christmas tree in the nativity scene? Is that God crying on the throne, just begging for people? Mm -mm. That's none of that. I liken it to this. My daughter is in the front yard, one of my kids. And a, and the bu a bully came down, comes down the road. And it's the devil, right? We'll say the bully's the devil. My, my child is the body of Christ. And that kid keeps picking on my kid. And I'm yelling, stop it. You better stop it. I'm coming out there. You do it again. I'm going to knock your lights out. Right? That's what I liken it to. Hey, one warning, two warnings. That's it. Three times, you're done. You're hurting me, my family, my kids. Nuh-uh. This is not going to happen. You come and smack them. Right? And then you go beat up their dad. That's what I'd do. It'd be two butt kickings. Because here's the thing. God doesn't play around. For those who love him and want to be a part of his kingdom and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he loves you. With a love that's beyond the love the, the world can even fathom or understand. And you're, you're his. You're under his wings. He's like, listen, ain't nothing going to mess with you now. You're mine. I got you. Watch this. Okay? So, repent today, this very moment. 2 Corinthians 6, 1-2. through Working together, we entreat also that you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time, I listened to you. In a day of salvation, I help you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Stop playing games with God, repenting your sins. Give it up now. Do it now. Say, God, in your heart, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I want to be right with Jesus. Teach me, show me, guide me. I'm yours. That's repentance. Then get baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, and follow after God the rest of your life. Okay? Read lots of Bible. Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Now, therefore, fear Yahweh and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve Yahweh. If it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose the day whom you will serve, whether the God which your fathers or gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, I will serve Yahweh. Amen. And as Job said, though he may slay me, I will serve him. Because if you want to be honest with yourself, if you really want to have an intellectual conversation in your own little brain, there's no other option. Because the one brings death, no matter what. And the other one brings life. I mean, what do you want? You want to die? Oh, I want my sin. I want to die. Okay, well, bye. Miss you. Right. So, 
But I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anybody I know. I don't want it for my family. Okay. Repent or die. Who said that in the Bible? Luke 13, 3. I, Jesus, tell you, no. But unless you repent, you shall all perish in the same way. The word perish is translated. Perish also means die. Either way. Repent or die. Right? So you have to repent or you're going to die. Repent or you die. Repent or you're going to hell. That's it. That's, that's the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you don't repent, God's going to judge you. You're going to hell. There you go. And you're going to burn up. And that'll be it for you. All right. So, recap. We have learned that the call to repentance has not changed. It has never ended. To this very day, God and Jesus are telling those called by him to repent of their sins. Christian, yes, Christians can sin and they need to repent, okay? We have learned that breaking the Ten Commandment law of God is called sin. Now, as children of God, we are required to call others to repentance, right? We cannot earn our salvation by being, quote, unquote, good enough. We are made righteousness through faith in Jesus. Yet now that we have been offered the gift of salvation, we are called to obey God. This act of repentance or the stopping of our old ways of sin, turning it into the new way of obedience to God's ways, brings many blessings with it. We are not to keep this call to ourselves, but to share it with the world. By, by knowing that repentance brings God glory and restores our relationship with Him, since the wages of sin is death, we are promised by God to die. <clears throat> we are promised by God uh, to die for our sins if we do not repent and stop sinning. Then again, we are told we will receive the gift of salvation from Him if we do repent. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Yet there is no belief without repentance. For for Jesus to be our Savior, He must be our Lord also. This demands that we obey Him in our salvational state. Yeah. Boom! Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Right. So I just want to say, if anybody's watching this online, downloading it or anything, repent of your sins. Don't die. Accept Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Ask a, we're going to do a prayer of repentance real quick. We're going to do two. And we're doing our closure prayer and I'll do a prayer of repentance to walk people through. And there's technically there's no such thing as a sinner's prayer in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But uh, it does help. And it makes us feel like we've done something by praying a prayer of repentance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so but that prayer means nothing. If you don't start actuating some change in your life, in your heart, in your mind. Okay. So let's do that. We're going to do two prayers. I'll say amen at one and amen at the other. So just hold on after the first one. Dear Holy Father, we repent of our sins. We're sorry that we have broken your law and have not been like you or Jesus Christ in our actions. We want to be like you and we want to give you glory in our repentance. So we turn to you, ask for the help and the hope of the Holy Spirit to guide us in the ways that are pleasing in your sight. We give up our own authority over ourselves and we submit to you in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We know we are restored in the power of, his, of your might and his might and by his precious blood. We are made new. We accept and receive the Holy Spirit into our hearts, minds to guide us unto your truth. And we will forever walk this path with you. Do not give up on us and we will not give up on you. So we praise you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. All right, one more. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for our Bible study. Bless those who have listened and watched online and here with us. Be with them, encourage them, empower them, Father. Help us to never give up in our walk, no matter how hard it gets at times, no matter our failures. We are never too far from your grace. So we praise you. We thank you for that. And we submit to you in all things. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. If you feel so led of the Lord and want to know how to donate to this ministry outreach, please visit brotherlance.com and scroll down to the bottom of the main page for the PayPal link. Thank you, and may God's blessing rest upon you. 
Freelance.com.